Pushkin. The most innovative companies are going further with T-Mobile for Business. The PGA of America is helping lower scores and elevate fan experiences with AI coaching tools and 5G-connected cameras. AAA is getting more drivers back on the road fast with location telematics. And the Las Vegas Grand Prix is powering race day operations with 5G connectivity, giving fans an experience at the speed they deserve. This is Accelerating Innovation with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Did you know some travel credit cards offer 10 times points on your spending? Don't miss out on big rewards for your next trip. NerdWallet lets you compare smart travel credit cards side-by-side, curated by an expert team of finance nerds. What could future you do with better travel rewards? A free flight? A room upgrade? Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. So, how are you? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. You're, you're fine? Yeah. I, I want to know, first off, how did you know that I don't speak Spanish? <laughs> because Alia said that to me. Oh. I was like, who's this guy? And she's like, oh, this guy is this, this, this. And he's Mexican, <laughs> but he doesn't look like, and he doesn't speak Spanish. Right. I actually said, can you tell me something about him? Like, I know something about him, and he doesn't know I know. Yeah. And she said just that, and I was like, okay, perfect. <laughs> oh, okay, so w- were they nice things said about me, or were they all like... No, I, I've just decided to talk about the, the, the ones that are nicer, which was just this. <laughs> <laughs> Good. So how is your life right now? Are you doing all right? Yeah. Have you had to do a lot of interviews of people asking you the same questions over and over? Yeah, but the thing is that when you love the movie so much, you don't care. Like I think, it, I think to do promotion stuff and press, when it's something you are not sure about it or something you don't like, or I guess it's, it gets more complicated. But I could be talking about the movie hours, right? So then it's easy. It's, did, it's like it's the proof that you need to know that it was a right decision to do the movie mm-hmm. when you get into promotion. Because <laughs> you're not tired of talking about it. Exactly. Right. I mean, I I watched it uh, again today. You guys did a really, you know, a wonderful job. Though I want to say, I want to start with something else. Um, in the research of trying to like find some things out about you, I have to be honest, I didn't find a whole bunch. Like there's not that many, you haven't done that many interviews? No. So I was hoping we could go back in time and then go work our way to Duck Butter. Okay. Can we do that? Yeah, sure. And if at any point um, you're like, I don't want to talk about this, just... Tell me to shut up and I'll move on. Okay. Okay, great. I'm going to do like this. 
Great. Oh, a wink. Okay. Yeah. A pretty, wink is move on. Wink is move on. Mm -hmm. Is there like a sign you want to give if you're enjoying it? Do you want to like smile or? No, I think if we're enjoying it, we will we'll keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, 1985, Barcelona, you were born. Do you remember anything from uh, ages one to five? Do you have a memory from then? Not really. There's people that they say that you can, they have memories of when they were two year old. Right. I, it's not me. I don't remember that either. Oh. I always am very envious of those people. Yeah. I don't know if, yeah. It depends on the kind of childhood you had, for sure. But you know that they say that the first three years of your life are the most important to be who you are supposed to be. Right. And I'm like, we have no fucking idea what we are going through those years. Also, we have no idea how we were in those years. Exactly. Like, except from your parents that are telling you. Yeah. Those first three years, when people say that, that really terrifies me. Yeah. Because I don't know how, what I was like. What if I was terrible at three? Yeah. I don't know. What do your parents say about you as a kid? Were you an easy child to raise? Yes, I think so. I had a very nice childhood. You did? Yeah. Did you have siblings? Yeah, I have one sister young, younger than me. She's working in Denmark. And she was an actress for a while too, but she, she also did, uh, she's an architect. Mm. And then she found a job in Denmark as a set designer for one of the most important theaters there. Ah. Which is like the perfect mix. Yeah acting and architect set designer are your family i mean are your parents artists no no one in our family is an really? artist yes so what do they do they are retired now but my mom was a taxi driver and my dad he was a an accountant for um how do you say that it's a place that it's it's a club but it's not a club it's for um, live music for old people Oh, um, like a concert hall? Yeah, uh, yes, more or less. Some, yeah. Something like that. But just to have a drink and then dance a little bit. And right. Like, yeah. Did your mom ever come home from work one day and tell you some story about someone she drove oh, in a taxi? All the time. Yeah, all the time. I think, I think it's very interesting. My mom being a taxi driver, all the stuff she was telling to us. Yeah. What did uh, she say? No, now I was thinking about some dark stories like... Um, <laughs> we can do dark stories on here. It's totally fine. You're allowed to curse on this show. It's, it's, really, it's really interesting because it helped me a lot to know how she is in a lot of very different ways. Like she explained to us that once she got assaulted, um, she, she got dropped at night because she was working nighttime also at the beginning, the first years. But she explained it a week after so it made me think like you know when she has some trouble she's gonna first wait calm down and then explain it to you so right. you don't freak out and i was like oh my god how 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 does she do it you know and well she decided to stop doing the taxi at night mm -hmm. so we she hired um someone else to do it but yeah, I think through through our work, we can talk about who we are a lot yeah. in ways we are not really aware of. Mm, so did you adopt that same method of like, if something bad happens to you, do you wait a week before you tell anyone? It depends on who I have to talk about, <laughs> you know? Like if I have to tell my, I don't know, my closest people, I'd... Well, you know, when we grow up, we start not saying everything to our parents, Right. right? Like, I think what they were doing to us, now we are doing to them. So, <laughs> fair enough. 
like hiding stuff and and delaying yeah, information. And exactly. I tried my best throughout being a kid to tell my mom a lot. Yeah. And then I think at a certain point, when I stopped telling her stuff, she was like, "What's happening? Why aren't you telling me all the things?" Like I used to tell her way too much. Okay. And uh, now, I don't know. I mean, what is your relationship to your parents these days? Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, we we are very close, and it's really good. Mm. Yeah, I miss them a lot, but I'm trying to go back like as as much as I can. When you were a kid, was there a moment where you thought that acting was something you wanted to do? Oh no, never. It never crossed my mind. What was childhood? You what did you want? I played basketball for 17 years. I was just busy playing basketball and huh. having fun. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And reading. You played basketball? 13 years, yeah. Oh, really? I still play, yeah. We should be playing basketball instead of being here. Uh, we can talking. go right now. Oh, my God. I don't what are you What you were playing? Where? The oh, position? Point guard. The one? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Me same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we could go play basketball now. And I don't know how people would like the show. Because we've <laughs> only been talking for eight minutes. <laughs> I think they'd be like, what happened to the, to the podcast? <laughs> so you were playing basketball. Were you good? Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah it's true so was your whole life like doing a sport were you, did you read books what were, what were, give me some memory you have as like a young teenager I think I, yeah I think I, I liked I, I liked books from the beginning because my mom loved books so much and so yeah it was all about sports basically and being outdoors with my friends and yeah I, I, I was a very good teenage nope no problems, no trouble. You were no trouble? No. That's, I mean, that's really nice. Yeah. Do you wish, uh, when you're looking back on it, do you wish you caused more trouble? Not really. <laughs> that's the, okay, so this is your mentality, is like you're a good, were you a good student as well? Yeah, I was a very good student. Right. Yeah. Because you didn't want to disappoint them. I think so. Somehow, yeah, I've been always very um, demanding with myself. So. What does that mean? Um, how do you say you're always trying to do your best. Right. You know? But I never got obsessed with anything, so. Uh, I guess I meant, when I said, what does that mean? I guess I wanted to know, like, why do you think you're so demanding? Oh, but I say it correctly because I thought that it was, it was not oh, a good expression. No, no, it was a good expression. Oh, okay, okay. It was, was my, I had a bad expression. Okay. Your expression was great. Okay, okay. I don't know. I think it, it's it's part of myself somehow. I want to do so when I like something, I love it. But when I don't like something, I hate it. Mm. You know, so when I, I like something and I want to do it, it's unconditionally there. I want to do my best. Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to do it, I simply don't do it. I don't go there. That's uh, smart. Yeah. It sounds so easy the way you say it, but I'm trying to think about applying it to my life it's not as easy sometimes but i think when you're an adult you can do it more than when you're a child for example in school um what if you don't like maths and you're not good at it they are going to tell you you need to spend more hours doing it right i think that's a waste of time because if you're not good at maths you're not you're never going to be good at math even if you try <laughs> so hard you know what I mean? Right. You're not going to be happy with that and you're not going to be good enough. But if you're good at, I don't know, at literature, for example, you should be spending as many hours as you can doing what you are good at. So you're going to be a genius at the end. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah. 
But in school, it, at least in Spain, it works the other way. You have to spend time in those subjects you're not good at. Right. And when you're good, it's enough, you know? At 18, 19, what were you good at? When I was 18, I was finishing. I was starting college. Yeah, here's the thing that it's so stupid because when you're 18, you have to you have to choose what you want to study in college, right? Mm. University. Right. Which I think it's you're so young to know what you want. Some people know, which is perfect and actually it's easier, but I didn't know what I wanted to do at all. So I remember that I was like I'm going to do math actually. <laughs> <laughs> and then I I applied for math and I applied for advertisement just because my dad studied advertisement. And then I just got in advertisement because of my qualifications. Mm. So that's what I did. So I was starting college and playing basketball, and that's it. Uh, were you happy? Yeah, I was. And then did you play all through university? Did you play basketball the yeah, whole time? Yeah, I played until I was 26. No, 25. Oh. 17 years. You were playing like serious basketball yeah. through then. Did you want to play semi-professionally, or what, what was the what was the dream? I did a little bit, um, but no, it was not a dream actually. Actually, when I left it, I found out I was not missing it at all, <laughs> at all. But I had really fun. It was so much fun. My best friends they are from the team, right? So it was kind of like my social moment with my friends, and it was so healthy because it's like. The relationship I have with them, it's totally different from the relationship I have with my college friends. Right. For example. Well, because there's a bond that's so so integral. You can't replicate that. Yeah, you learn. I, I think my best goal has been my basketball team. Yeah. Well, because also... Even more than college. The, which is bizarre because you probably... I mean, do you see your college friends more than your basketball friends now? Well, now it's very difficult for me to see them. Anyone? All of them. Right. Yeah, because I'm here in the States, so... Mm. And they are in Europe, so it's a little bit difficult. But I no, I'm in touch with them the same, uh, the same amount of times. But it's different relationships. Like I, with my best friends of the team, we've had fights. We have been like having physical fights because we grow up together. And you know, it's totally different. You learn to, I don't know, to you learn that if you're not training, you're not gonna play the match, mm -hmm. even if you're very talented. You know, you learn that you can like win one match because of some very talented player, but you're <laughs> not going to win the whole season if you don't play a team. Right. You know, like this kind of stuff, you cannot find it in college. No. Also, you have that experience of going to practice with someone and like doing sprints and being exhausted in your body telling you like you're done. Yeah. And you can't do that with no. college or friends. drinking water. Yeah. The best water I've drunk was when I was playing basketball yeah. for three hours every day. It feels like you're getting saved. Yeah. Like it feels like it's, it's some gift. It's, yeah. <laughs> you, you need to go for it. You were getting into physical fights with your, your teammates? Of course. There were some punches being thrown? Oh, totally. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. never punched anyone on my team. I tackled, no? I tackled someone. Mm. I don't know. We were hanging out a lot and we were... Growing up as teenagers, and we were going through a lot of different changes. But I mean, we are still friends. It's been right. more than 20 years being friends, so it worked out. So Good punches. I mean, yeah, the punches, <laughs> you're friends for life now once you've been punched. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're done playing basketball at 25, 26, that's when yeah. you stopped. You said you felt like lighter, like you didn't, you didn't miss it no, that I much didn't. anymore. No. 
What did you do after that? Well, actually, I had to. Um, I gave basketball up because I started working in a Spanish advertisement agency, mm. and you work a thousand hours a day. So when you're young and you're starting your career and you're working so hard and you like it a lot, uh, I was not able to be on time in my training days. So at the end, if you're not training, you don't play. And I had to, you know, start doing my career. So I I had to just stop playing. Right, That's what I was doing. You needed money. Exactly. I was already living by myself and I had to had some money for the renting and then... So that was really, I mean, once you leave the team and you start at this ad agency, you really, that's like the start of your adult life in some way, right? Yeah, in some way, yeah. Yeah, I left home when I was 22. So, yeah, from then on, I had to earn my money, mm. which I already did somehow because me and my sister, we started working when we were 16 and we already had our own money, but just for fun. Right. What were you doing? And we were waitresses. Ah, yeah. okay. And how did you like the ad agency? Was that... Did you, I loved it because I studied uh, advertisement in college. Right. And I loved it because it's, it's young people, very creative. And I was in between the client and my creative team. Mm. Like, what do you need? What's your problem? How many money do you have? Let's see what we can do with that. And I was having really good clients there. It's a big agency. And I was feeling that uh, they were l- giving me a lot of space to work and to take responsibilities of everything. And to be I was, creative. I was having real fun, yeah. Mm. It's an interesting transition. So when, uh, at what point do you decide that you wanted to act? Because I don't know that many people who it, start with ad agency, basketball, ad agency, then acting. Then I, I had to, I had to, I left my Spanish ad agency this because is- I was doing my PhD in politics. Another okay. This is you've you've really destroyed any idea I had of you. So this is great, um, wonderful. So I had um, I needed like three four months just working on my PhD, mm. and when I finished it, I was hired by a German ad company mm. agency, and with the German one at six p.m. I was done, which it was my mind was just exploding. I, I remember telling my boss, should we stay tonight working because we need to finish that? And she was telling me, no, call the client, tell him it's going to be tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, sure. I'm, yeah, I can do that. That's great. <laughs> it's great. So my sister, actually, she was work, she was studying architecture by then. And she said to me, hey, there's this acting school in this neighborhood. Should we go there and have fun? Some of our friends, they were there. So we had, the chance to spend a year there. So I was doing my office job. And then at night, I was going to the acting school. Do you remember uh, a time early on in that acting class where you found yourself really enjoying what you were doing? Yeah, I, I mean, I enjoyed a lot all the time because for me, it was like my basketball moment. Mm. So it was not like I'm doing this because I want to be an actress. It was, I've been nine hours sitting in an office now I'm going to have fun. <laughs> you know, I remember I had some teachers, they were telling me, you should not be doing this because your commitment is not real. But actually, I, th- I thought it was perfect because my, a lot of my friends, they were putting a lot of pressure on themselves because of some stupid exercise, mm. acting exercise, which is all about playing and having fun. So I, I had I had real fun this time. I got lucky. An agent saw me and then 
we started working together right away. So you treated it pretty much as a, a hobby. It was a hobby, yeah. Like a break from the job that you had because you needed to do something else after nine hours. Yeah, I tried to go back to my basketball team, but all of them, they were gone somewhere else. And I wanted that special basketball team with right. every single one of my friends, not a new one. Yeah, you didn't want to make new friends. Exactly. You, I don't want new friends. No need new teammates. <laughs> so how did the agent find you? Because a friend of mine from the school, from the acting school, he got an agent. And then we, we went and had some drinks and then I did an audition for him and then he said to me, can you come to the Madrid and do some auditions for me? And then I said, yeah, but we should we should do it when I'm on holiday because I'm working as, as an executive account in my agency. And then we did and then I I got some jobs. I, get, I got like two or three jobs at the same time, but one of them, it was a year contract. It was a TV series. Ah. So I talked to my boss in the agency and I said to her, look, I'm going to go one year, but then I'm, I'm coming back. And then I, I spent my year doing this TV series and then I never went back, actually. <laughs> so that was five years ago. Ah. Yeah. So did they expect you to come back or? Yeah, actually, um, two Christmas business party later, I still was there with them having fun. <laughs> really? <You laughs> they, I was invited. <laughs> you went to the Christmas party? Yeah. <laughs> did you know when you were working on that show, did you think, okay, yeah, I think I can do this as a job? No, it took me almost three years to really think. Three years? Yes. It took me a long time to say I was an actress. Mm. I was still saying I was an executive account. And it took me three years to think, okay, I'm... This is a job and I'm going for it mm. full time because it's different than here in Spain. Here kids, I think they grow up thinking, I'm going to be a producer or a writer or a director because LA is a place that works around this kind of business. Mm -hmm. But in Spain, I didn't have this feeling ever. I have no references. And even while studying, it didn't cross my mind, you know, because it's the industry is not as healthy and as strong as powerful as here. So I don't think, you know, my parents said to me all the time, you need to go to college and have a career so you will have a family, you can be, you will <laughs> be happy, blah, 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 you know. Now, now times are totally different from 70 years ago, of course. But I didn't have this kind of feeling. So even when I started by accident, because you can see that, it was hard for me to really think about it as a job. Mm. You know, I think if I were born here, I would see it differently. But it depends a lot on where are you born and the references you have. What did you make of the idea that your parents said about having a career and having children and getting married? I think it makes sense for a lot of people. Like they were raised that way and it was true back then. Mm. It was true back then, because also back then, people were working in companies for 50 years. Like a lot of people, they were working for the same company all their lives. And actually, like, you know, my dad was a doctor, I was a doctor, my son is going to be a doctor. <laughs> that kind of formula, it worked back then. But nowadays, where jobs are just shit, and we have like all this young generation over-prepared with no job at all, mm. it's sort of different. So the... You know, it, even my parents now, they can see how they were a little bit worried when I decided not to keep on my advertisement career and then start doing my acting career. But then, like, 
in these five years, one of my friends that she went to this kind of advertisement agency, it was closed three years later. And I was actually working. So now it's like you don't know what is going to happen. For like, There's no perfect formula or way to do it. Mm. Are they happy with where you're at now? They're very happy. Yeah. <laughs> They're enjoying a lot. You know, the movie that you're in, uh, you, sorry, you're in a lot of movies. <laughs> One of the movies you're in, um, I think it's called Newness. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember exactly the plot, but I know, I know the details. I know it's about love and technology and all that. Mm-hmm. In a way... Like, I don't know if our parents could have predicted that that's what, like, a relationship would look like. That's what, like, a marriage would look like. You know, it's very different Well, some people did. I don't know if my, I don't know if our parents, but a lot of people did, actually. You know, a lot of people, they were talking about it, like, a long time ago, this kind of new society we're living in. And, of course, it's at the end affecting relationships. In that movie, it's mm. a love story. But nowadays, everything is on our phone. Like, I want food. I have it in my yeah. phone. That movie really scared me. It's yeah. very upsetting. Well, if you really want to get scared, you should read. There's an author. It's Yuval Harari. Do you know him? He wrote Sapiens. Uh-uh. And then he wrote Sapiens, and now he has another book. It's called Homo Deus. Sapiens is like the story of humankind since the beginning of the beginning till now. And Homo Deus is from now to the future. Oh, great. You know, like the first one is something like real. And the second one is something that he believes. Predicting. Predicting on the facts that now are going on. Mm. But you you read that and it's totally true. And it's a horror movie. So you should read that. I'm telling you, it's really, I mean, it's mind-blowing but that's actually i think it's a must read book to read what why is it so scary oh, it's so complicated to just <laughs> say it in two sentences but it's you can say it in four no but <laughs> i mean i mean just the way the way it is now you know everything is so fast and like the values we now think they are good we need to rethink if they are good actually mm. Like, which ones are you talking about? <laughs> you're kidding me? No, I want to hear which ones you're thinking about. <laughs> For example, Newness, this movie we, we you're talking about. Um, I like that you're saying, you're asking me if I'm joking. And also that you're recommending a movie that's going to like cause me nightmares. But you haven't seen it then, Newness. No, I, I saw it. Oh, you and, saw it? Yeah, and it's I found it, I don't like, the technological part bothered me. Yeah. Not bother me. It, you did it right. It just scares me. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. For example, when when you're telling me what's what values technology, technology can be really useful mm. and really scary at the same time. It's all about how do we need to use it. How do we want to use them? More, how do we need to use it than how do we want to use it? Mm. I don't know if we need to use it. I think you can you can do a, the right kind of use. You know, like you can do it right, but it's very easy to get it wrong. Uh, I feel like there's a lot of getting it wrong. Yeah, I'm I'm really curious to see the, the new generations because when I was a kid, I had no phone and all of this kind of thing. Like, you know, it's, it was not that easy to travel or to get food, like when you're tired and you don't want to get out of bed. <laughs> and And I'm really curious to see how this new generations that they have been already born in this technology world mm. 
are dealing at the end, you know, with all the social media. And I'm so happy I had no social media when I was a teenage. But yeah. I, I, it's something I don't want to see now. <laughs> but what if I've been born with that, how I'm dealing with it? That's something it's it's never happened yet. Right. I mean, my fear is that it like all I mean, everyone's problems are so public. Yeah. Like everyone's insecurities are so like they're tweeted or Instagrammed or Snapchatted. Yeah. That not a lot of it is like but maybe that's better. Maybe it's better to not bottle it in. I don't know. I don't there's no privacy. Yeah. I don't know. You're you and I are, are not that far off. But I did have social media a little bit uh, in high school. And I don't think people are happier with it. I think they may be even more insecure than ever. No, that's actually something. I was doing an interview before and we were talking about the social media because of dark butter. And because it has something that it's very similar to the characters. In social media, you are deciding who you want to be. And that's like talking. So when I'm talking to you, I'm saying something and it's one, what I think I'm saying. <laughs> Two, what I'm saying. Three, what you are understanding of what I'm saying. Mm. And these are three different realities. So social media is the same. I'm working on my social media to show who am I, who I actually want to be, not <laughs> who am I. Right. And then there's who they think am I mm. by watching the, me the same social media I'm showing. And they are not the same a lot of times. No, it's aspirational. I mean, there's a lot of people who project a version of themselves that they wish they were but are not. But, but also just by projecting it, People can read that information differently. They take it in. Than how you thought. Uh, have I misunderstood you in this interview? Oh, no, all good. <laughs> <laughs> all good. <laughs> I'm sure there's been something I've said that you're like, that makes no sense at all. No, not yet. Oh, okay, we'll get there. <laughs> Great. So tell me about getting into Duck Butter. So the first time I knew about the job, um, I was Skyping with Miguel Arteta, the director, because they were they were offering me a small role, and then they were talking to me about doing it for twenty four hours. So I did a German movie before, and that is what it was shot in two hours and a half, second shot, mm -hmm. and I loved it. The experience I thought it was so unique that I had this feeling at the end, no one is going to ask me ever to do it again, something like that. Yeah. And then Miguel, when he, when, when he said, we are doing a movie in 24 hours, real time, I thought this is, again, something very unique and special. And I think no one is going to ask ever to do a 24-hour movie. So, okay, I'm going to get the smaller role if you let me be in the 24 hours watching the process. Mm. And he loved that answer, Apparently, because then he offered me the lead role, oh. actually the male lead role. And then I was so excited because it, it was not just about watching the 24 hours, but acting mm. in, in the 24 hours. What role did you initially audition for? Um, I think it's uh, one of the best friends of Sergio. Right. Yeah. Huh. And then he was so impressed. I mean, that doesn't happen that often that... He hears, or anyone hears an answer, and then they're so won over by it. No, I know. Actually, I, I was doing a meeting with a director this morning, and I was telling him, look, I know you have been offering me this role, but I actually want to do the lead role. You know, <sighs> that has happened before to me, so it's a precedent now in my career. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be saying that from now on. What did the director say? He loved. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it'll work out for you. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this speaks to your uh, ambition, though. I mean, it seems like 
If you want something, you kind of do it. Oh, well, in this business, you have to be lucky. Uh. Sometimes I'll feel you need to be more lucky than talented. Mm. I mean, that in this case, it worked because apparently Miguel and Alia, they were doing casting and audition with a lot of um, actors and they didn't find one. So that's what my, that was my lucky side of yeah. the story. How did 24 hours go? Run me through how that went, because I've heard it from Miguel, mm -hmm. and he's told me about it, but I want to know from your perspective. It was really cool for me, because, you know, Miguel is the director, and the writer, and Ali is the actress, and the, the writer, so I think they were more busy than me, mm. and I just had to have fun, I think. it was. We spent a week um, rehearsing, so they explained to me the story they had in their minds, perfectly and every hour there was something going on a specific scene so i shared everything with miguel beforehand like the stories we need to explain and everything and then how you're saying it or how you're acting it it's improvised but at the same time you could also surprise them saying something else or doing something else so this way of working it's so fun for me it's game and i love it so mm. it was easy i had so much fun in 24 hours I, actually we finished them And they were very happy. And they they said, we are going to do it again. Like the plan was doing it twice. But then they watched the material and they said, we got the movie. It's done. We don't need to do it again. And I was like, no, you promised me another time. We have to do it another time. But we didn't because it was done. Ah. Yeah. How do you feel? <laughs> A little bit sad still. You know, when the shooting is done for me, the work on set is so beautiful that for me it's done. Yeah, my my favorite part of it all is the set. Yeah. Then the movie is something different for me. I see the movie and it's like, oh, interesting, fine. But my movies went while I'm shooting. Right. Yeah. How does uh, someone like you or like any actor that's that's trying to engage honestly with someone on camera? How do you manage to do that for 24 hours straight without getting exhausted or wanting to like sleep constantly? This is different because the movie, it speaks about two girls having 24 hours right. for themselves, you know? So you don't need to force anything. You just need to be present. Right. And But that's hard to do for 24 hours. For me, it's more hard to be present five minutes than 24 hours. Because to be present five minutes and, I don't know, you need a very specific mood, you have to work on those five minutes beforehand to be in the right place. Mm the place you need to be. But once you are in and it's no cut, it's getting in. Once you are in, you can just be in forever. Mm. Not that hard. I see. I mean, that makes sense. It does make sense. It is, yeah. It's just that, uh, just as did your body ever feel like it was about to like shut off? Totally, but then it was right because it was like Sergio's body was totally shutting <laughs> off, you know? Right. Anything that was happening to me, it was happening to her. And then I could play with that. I could play with the emotions or not the emotions because the emotions are very clear, but I could play with, am I exhausted? Yeah. Could she be exhausted? Totally. Let's play with that. Yeah. You and know? so that it plays into the actual character. Exactly. That, that I was a little bit worried because English is not my first language. So it's not the same as acting in your first language, your mother tongue. And I was worried because when I get tired and exhausted, my English gets worse. Uh -huh. So I just was like a little bit like, oh, should I work on it beforehand or not? But even if I work on it, 
it may not work <laughs> because I have never been 24 hours doing something like acting in English. So I thought, you know what? If it happens, if something happens with that, it's fine because Sherish is not from here. Yeah, and, so and let, people know that. Let's play with whatever we, not, we, we, we're going to find there. Mm. It's just trusting the process. You it's, need to trust it. It seems like the whole process was pretty authentic. I mean, I know yeah. Ali and Miguel both talked about the nature of the sex scenes. Mm -hmm. So just for people listening, how, how did those go about? They were fine. I mean, it was all... I, I have the feeling that when you're doing a sex scene, it's never about the sex. Mm. It's always about something else. But Miguel also wasn't in the room, right? Oh, he was not. Yeah. No, no, no he Which was Which I not. think is, I think for people listening, I think that that's fairly untraditional in the history of making movies is that often the directors... Yeah, I mean, the, the director... Usually directors, they will always want to be in the room, but I've been working with such brave, generous directors because Sebastian Schieper from Victoria, he was not present mm -hmm. while we were acting. So I think you need to be fearless and be very confident to step out as a director from a set. Mm. And But I think that's something good, actually. Yeah. It's something really, yeah, really good. But but no, the sex scenes were perfect. I'm not, I'm not... I'm never worried about the sex scenes on set. I feel very comfy with it, you know? I'm always more worried about the edit cut. The, but the what? The edit cut. The edit cut? Yeah. Oh, in the edit room. Exactly. How it looks. Exactly, but because that's the way people is going to say it. Mm. And you need to know how, why do you want to explain it that way? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's the, I mean, that's the worst part of making a movie, though, is... Uh... Yeah, you redo the movie. In the, yeah. edit, in the edit room. It's uh, painful. Yeah. It's very painful. I, al I always ask directors, what is your favorite moment, moment of the process? Uh, some people say the edit room. Yeah. Some people say the shooting. It's very interesting to me to see them by that answer. Yeah, I think, I would imagine for most people it's the shooting or maybe the writing of it before. I don't know the edit. I mean, I've heard a lot of. I mean, edit's tough. Yeah, sitting, some people. Some people say the yeah. Yeah, those people are crazy to me because you're <laughs> you're sitting in front of a computer like you're just for hours and hours and for weeks and then it's months and you're trying to rearrange the whole thing and you think you have it and then you don't have it and then you bring someone in and they say it sucks and it's yeah. This is what I'm doing right now. So I'm in the middle of it right now. I, I was looking at you thinking like, oh, I think he's talking about himself. I am talking about <laughs> myself. And Miguel, in fact, has been very helpful in that, uh, in yeah. giving advice. It's it's an awful, not awful, it's very lovely. Yeah, he didn't he didn't say edit as his favorite part of the process. Yeah, I'm sure he didn't. <laughs> I, I, I think he's a smart person. Um, what do you want for yourself in your career? Because I feel like you're someone who didn't really... You didn't plan this. It's just kind of happened. Yeah. And there's something very beautiful and poetic about that. Yeah. Do you have like goals, things you want to do? I mean, the goal for me is just to keep working, to keep moving, you know, to keep working. But now I'm in a good point because I don't need to work. Mm. Like you can work on anything they offer you or you can try to do just the things you maybe want to do which is totally different. And I feel I've, I feel very thankful because all, all the movies I've been working on here, they are so special, all of them. I feel so proud of them that I'd like to continue that way. 
And it's also about the, like the people you are meeting through the process. You know, you know very fast if you have chemistry with an actor just five minutes before meeting him or her. And you at the same time know when you want to do a project or you are not sure about it. Mm. So that's the main difference. So I hope to be brave enough to keep, to keep working that way. How do you feel about the industry, like in Los Angeles and the industry combined? I mean, I moved here almost three years ago, and I thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to work here. And I've done five movies already, and four of them are lead roles, and I was not expecting that. And I feel so thankful. I think that nowadays the industry is working with a lot of more different profiles on screen. We can see people from everywhere, different nationalities, different um, gender, sorry. That's something perfect for me, actually. And it's perfect for the audience to see different people from everywhere. You're talking about diversity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just that people say that word so often now (laughs) that it's like become too much, I think. (laughs) Like, I don't even know what we know what that means anymore. It's just like everything becomes buzzwords. Yeah. But it's true. I mean, otherwise, all... For I mean, look at this movie. It was supposed to be a guy, and at the end, it's a girl. Right. And four of my five projects, they were not written for a foreign actress. Mm. They were written for American actresses. So you go in there, and you just sort of convince them that <laughs> they're meant to actually have you. <laughs> no, I think at the end, it, it all works out that way um, because of one or other reason, you know? But I think this is a proof of that something is happening. Right. Something's definitely happening. I wanted to ask you, do you think there is um, that you have some quality as a person that makes directors and other people think that they want to cast you, that they want to work with you? I don't know. You should ask them. But I don't know. I think it's the passion. If you love something so much, the energy is contagious. Mm. Yeah. You feel passionate about this? Yeah, totally. Have you noticed, uh, I mean, I don't know, I've moved here uh, two years ago. Mm-hmm. Have you met uh, people that say they want to do something, but uh, they don't actually really have any passion for it? Yeah, totally. But it's also not just because if they have no passion, but because they are confused a lot of times. For oh. example, something that it, it's really shocking for me, when I was here the first time, here I found this kind of profile that they are like, what do you do? And then, which is a weird question for me because back in Spain, you don't go to a party and you say, what do you do to someone? That's you all start, they say here. You start talking about some silly stuff and maybe you even don't talk about what's your job actually ever again. But here the first question is, what do you do? <laughs> right. So let me picture you in the map and then I will decide if, you know, You're who you are. You're worth talking to. Exactly. Yes. And, and I met a lot of people that they are... Directors, actors, writers, painters, performers, musicians, like they do a whole bunch of different stuff, like an artist. And they do actually a lot of stuff. And that was so impressive to me because I have I haven't met a lot of people like that anywhere but here in LA mm. specifically, you know? And then when I was playing when I was working with Miguel about Sergio, the character in Dark Butter. I was like, oh, I'd love her to be this kind of person who does a lot of stuff, but I love her to be bad at all all of it. Because sometimes I feel, 
all these people that they are doing all this stuff, are they actually so talented to do all this stuff? They know what they're doing or they are just confused about what should I be doing? Uh-huh. Or, or you know, like, like, are they really good or they are just bullshit? Right. You know, that's what my question, no? And I think that some, they are very good at some things. But then for Sergio, I thought it would be amazing if she's just not good. <laughs> like if, she, if, if she's not that as talented as Nima, alias Rule, but she has the right energy to go through it without judging herself too much mm. and, and to make this kind of fake artist. And I thought it was really beautiful to play with that because the way he, she goes through the movie she is like one person at the beginning and when the mask falls down, right. she's another one. And I thought that confusion of someone that, that might have talent but still is trying to find out how to work it out, it was really interesting. Yeah, I mean, the, uh, one of the opening sequences of the movie is uh, you in front of an audience singing. Yeah, yeah. And I thought like, oh, she's going to like sing really well and it's going to be wonderful and I no. can't wait. And then you start, and I'm like, what's happening? I'm yeah. very confused. Because she paints, she right. writes, she's a singer, she's a lot of stuff. She does a lot of stuff. But when I came here the first time, I met a lot of people like that. That, and did, I, that did seven things. Yes. And that's so surprising to me, because back in Spain, I have a lot of friends, and they just do one thing. Mm. And they, even if you're writing, or it's harder to say, I'm doing this, Besides my job, you know. I wonder if it's a city that creates that kind of person or if a certain person is drawn to the city. I don't know. I think it's because it's a city that works for the business movie, uh, movie business. Mm. So it's I like, like business movie. <laughs> I do. I like, I think we can start saying that. <laughs> Let's keep it. I work in the business movie. <laughs> do people... Um, that talked to you, or rather, when they did talk to you about that, or maybe they still do, when people are pitching you or, or telling you about all their art, did that, I don't know, maybe I'm thinking about myself, but it, it makes me sad sometimes when I hear someone, like, confused in the way that you're describing. But I think confusion is okay. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think it's a bad I don't mean to be mean about state. it. Mean? Oh, no, you're not mean at all. Okay. No, don't worry. No, I think it's not a bad state. It's something that you have to go through. We can be confused in a lot of moments we don't even know. Yeah. You know, we I'm might, confused right now. Or or we might we might be like Sergio that she doesn't actually know what's going on with herself, though she looks like she's so confident about it, you know? So I think it's fine, it's just about process. Though I have to say, when you describe your character, it does sound like you're describing yourself a little bit. Oh, no, I have nothing to do with her. No, I mean, you're very talented, and you have a singular talent, but you are very, um, you do present yourself as very confident. Yes, that's true. I have the energy, yeah, which I'm not, actually, but, yeah. You're not confident. I mean, I think I'm very confident, but at the same time, the people who know me most, they know that I've been not always that confident. Ah. Yeah. But it, it, it came... You found the confidence when you moved here or before? What do you mean in what sense? I mean, you're saying your friends that know you. Yeah. 
they know that you you said that they know you they knew that you weren't confident at one point yeah or that you didn't have as much confidence no but i think because they know you from all their sides of your life right. i think it's totally different like me starting in being an actress when i was 27 it gives me a total different point of view of, of the business yeah you know so i had a life that has nothing to do with this beforehand and i'm coming from that place so i feel i'm more confident than some other actors maybe because of that right you know because you've had so many different lives before this one i think so i don't know also like i i don't want to live here in la for example uh-huh. because i think <laughs> it's so funny it's so funny when i'm talking you go like ah. <laughs> I'm listening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But now you have done it again, and I was like, uh, "And what I was saying." Is that a bad thing? No, no, no. It makes me laugh. But it's an it's a nuisance. No, no, no. It's perfect. No, it's not perfect. You're calling it out. If it was perfect, you no, because it makes it me laugh. Okay. Like, huh. Oh, because mm, I think yeah. it's because I'm hearing you so close with this. Right. The headphones. You wouldn't normally hear me like that. No, exactly. <laughs> At the beginning, when we started talking, I was like, oh, this is kind of like, okay. <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh. Mm. Tell me, how do you feel today? Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I got it now. now. Now we got to the portion of the interview where you are just making fun of me, <laughs> which is really upsetting. <laughs> okay, let's back, let's go back to the answer. No, no, keep making fun. It's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So I was saying that I prefer, if I can choose, I prefer not to be living in L.A. Because when I've been here, it's been just because of work and it's been really fun. But I had the sense that everyone works in in movies here and talks about it. So this kind of 24 hours talking about it, I think it's not, it would be not healthy for me. Mm. So I really like to live somewhere else, like... Where not everyone is an actor, writer, director, or has something to do with it. And then just come here for work and then go back to what I call real life, which is not, it's not that here it's not real. It's just that for me, I think it's not as healthy as if I live somewhere else. There's a quote in the movie that you say, and you say, uh, to be busy with life is the best thing you can do for your art. Yeah, I don't know if it's the best thing you can do for your art, but to be busy with life, it's something that reminds myself about live your life, you know, and it it doesn't have to be about work all the time. Mm. It should not be about it for me. It's very personal. It's something everyone needs to try to find out what, what it works for you. See, I actually don't think it's just personal and it's just for you. I think it's for everyone. I, I think you're describing, I mean, what you're saying is, your life shouldn't be entirely dictated by work, which is like, I think everyone probably agrees well, with that. There's people that they are they are okay with it, hmm. that they want to live for their work because they love the work so much that they became, that the, the work became life, so they cannot separate one thing from the other. And if it's a choice, I think it's perfectly okay. Oh. But it doesn't work for me. I can work very well and very intensely and go very deep and far from myself for an amount of time, but then I know I need to go back to my real life and then full my get full of my like mm, yeah how do you say not like after a job I get empty right you so I need to recharge recharge 
and it needs to be far from the business and it needs to be far from movies or stories with my life. And uh-huh. then from there I get inspiration to fill my characters with new stuff. So where do you go after this interview? No, we have to be here until the movie's out tomorrow. <laughs> this is gonna be for today, no. No, Sunday. Uh, next Sunday. Next Sunday. The yeah. movie's gonna be in theaters. Oh no, not not ne- not next Sunday. No. Theaters Friday. Friday. Yeah. Just for a week. Yeah. No. We're we're gonna be here just for, for press a little bit more days. Uh huh. Yeah. You ready to recharge and go somewhere else? Yeah, <laughs> so ready. I'm gonna be doing um, a trip uh, to India for a month with my sister. Oh, and I can wait for it. A month? Yeah, actually, I think a month is not enough time. But <laughs> yeah, it's so big. I like how you express excitement for the month, and then you're like, you know what? Maybe that's not enough. It's not enough, actually. Just we're gonna be just doing the north. Because I think it's what we can do with a month. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, check back in after a month. I hope uh, things go well for you. Yeah, thanks. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. So long. (laughs) The tradition of breaking tradition continues with the return of the unconventional awards from T-Mobile for Business at Mobile World Congress. This is an event that celebrates innovators whose bold actions took their industries to new places. If that sounds like you and you're a T-Mobile for Business customer, enter today. If you win, you'll be publicly honored amongst some of the most influential leaders in industry. And me, I'll be there too. Enter now at tmobile.com slash unconventional awards. See you there. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Musora is your access to online music lessons for guitar, piano, drums, and singing. You know, I love music, but I haven't picked up an instrument in years. You know why? I tell myself, I don't have time. Where am I going to find a teacher? Well, there's an answer. Musora. Musora is the place where you can learn essential skills and techniques with more than a hundred of the world's best teachers and musicians and thousands of famous songs. You get seven days totally free to try it out. And then it's just $30 per month, less than a single private lesson. Just go to musora.com, M-U-S-O-R-A.com to start a new musical journey today.